Hey there, I hope you had a wonderful day so far. If you're tuning in, you're tuning in to the sixth episode of the Electronic Atmosphere Podcast, a show created to help all DJs and producers become a better entrepreneur in their journey of being a successful artist in the industry. And if you just want to listen to great content about EDM, this is a great podcast for you as well. This podcast is brought to you by Electronic Apparel Company, a company created to serve everyone who loves fitness and music festivals in the world. So this week in the sixth episode, we are joined with someone who is very, very talented. He is also in the tech house industry. He's with Dirty Bird Records, and it is no other than Andrea, better known as Bot106 on social media. If you haven't listened to him yet, be sure to check out his SoundCloud at Bot106. Bot is an Italian DJ and producer who has created a big name for himself. Bot will explain to you exactly how he came for more of the hip-hop scene and MySpace in the old days and how he transitioned to the house scene and how he got into it and how he made a name for himself, how he signed with Dirty Bird Records, etc. So whether you're driving, sitting on the couch, laying in bed, be sure to put those headphones in and take a good listen to this podcast because I promise it'll help you in a positive way. Let's get right into the interview. Uh-huh. So, Andrea, how about you tell us a little bit about, you know, your background story of who you are and what you do, what kind of music you're involved in? So, I've been making music for quite a long time, and um, I've been making um, house music mostly in the past 10 or so years, And um, but I, I like all the music, and I come from uh, playing the piano as a child, and I liked... Uh, electric guitar then because I liked metal and then I liked hip hop and that got into me into turntablism and from that I finally got into dance music and some Chicago New York house music that really appealed to me because I was a hip hop head and uh, and that's it and then I you know I never thought music would be my career but uh, it just took off first I was in a duo called Crookers, and uh, yeah, just unexpectedly took off. Nice, we nice. Did, we didn't really plan. It was the MySpace days, and we literally were discovered on because of the MySpace player. I don't know if you even remember that. The MySpace days. <laughs> yeah, there was. You had a player on there with three or four tracks. I don't remember anymore. Well, anyway, tracks to showcase to others and. Literally got discovered there, uh, and uh, was quite happy because I was uh, I started to work an office job at the time, and I was miserable. And uh, as soon as I could leave that, I I did, and this whole music experience kind of started. Nice. Um, what made you transition from being a hip hop head to a you know more of a EDM genre head? <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, back in the days, you know, EDM didn't exist as a term, and uh, I think people just called it techno. And since I came from metal and hip hop, I kind of like hated on dance music. Uh, but I think because I was ignorant, because when I bought these turntables uh, to scratch, turns out, you know. I didn't have that much money, so I bought cheap turntables, and they were belt-driven, so you cannot scratch. 
but the guy gave me these house records from New York and that that's what kind of made it because I was like oh wow dance music it's not just cheesy or you know bad radio cheesy stuff it can be underground and the beats are really cool and there was something hip-hop uh in them because it was you know New York in the 90s uh those records and uh, I think that that made it it was just the love for the music and realizing you know why should I hate on a genre that there's pretty much in every genre there's someone doing something right and it's just about being a music lover and and go go in there and and do the research because there's a lot of good stuff in in every genre I think yeah well, I mean you're completely immersed in it now so there had to be something you liked right <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean but but even to this day I'm I'm still discovering like now I'm into a a hole of discovering old American blues which is you know the least you know new thing happening ever and yet if you if you go my point is like if you go deep into researching music there's so much of it and so much of it is is actually good that is um it's refreshing it's like the work of as a musician you you can never say like oh i you know i don't know if there's anything out there that i like it's it's kind of like there for sure is you just have to look for it which is really um encouraging for me at least yeah and was there someone that was you know a figure in the techno edm genre at the time that made you inspired to start making music of your own in that same genre yeah i think definitely um the main guy um and funny enough i have a beat that will come out soon with this guy but he uh he was the reason why i started because and it's switch it's dave taylor um young younger people might know him as uh half of major laser when it started now it's just west diplo and dave uh parted ways but he was responsible for MIA and Santi Gold and produced a lot of really forward-thinking dance music that at the time he really changed my life because I was still a hip-hop head and he was doing Deep House that was appealing kind of more to a hip-hop sound. So he was mixing the two things and i feel he made me like start to really get into producing because i had no idea how he could make those sounds it was like how do you do that that sounds is... <laughs> yeah and then you know you get into a hole of i have you know if he can do it it's not magic i have to figure it out yeah and yeah. and how how old were you when you first started producing this kind of music and how old are you now? Just so people know how long you've been doing this for. So it was, it's been, well, it's, it's kind of like almost scary to say, but my first vinyl of that I released and it was Minimal House at the time is from 2001. So at least 17 years. 
and uh, <laughs> it's but the the good thing is that it it kind of always evolves and and now I can learn a lot from from those days because they were they're kind of coming back but it's I think it's good to have knowledge of the real thing in though in these revival moments like now they they call it all tech house but it's pretty much like old school house so I think it's it's always it's always good when you or if you're younger you know just go and study the, the old stuff like I am studying the old blues you know just to to really innovate in a genre rather than copying what's been done 20 years ago you should understand what's been done 20 years ago and then you know move from there and I think I don't know how I got there <laughs> but I think uh, that's that's one thing that I like about making music for so long is that the constant growth and you, you you should have an advantage point. If, if you're always excited about making music, the older the better, because you do have an advantage point. Gotcha. But of course, you, you gotta keep passionate, and you know. And lucky enough, I I like the new stuff always. I'm I'm a music addict, so I, I like super ignorant and new stuff, and I'm I'm kind of happy about that too. Gotcha, gotcha, and. And um, for people that are just starting out and that don't have like a music background like you, do you believe that they should, you know, first start with producing or DJing? Or is there a preference that you have for that, a personal say? I think, you know, you should go with your guts. Because that's the only way you, know, you don't, you, you just should be really honest with yourself and not think too much and be like, what do I want to do? Like, what do I like doing best? Uh, reality of things, just DJing today, it's, it's, it's not really an art that's, um, as I'm not going to say as respected, but, uh, it's a bit easier these days because of technological things. And uh, so my advice is, is just DJing. If you want to just DJ, that's great. That's super fun and you can get really creative, but unfortunately it's not going to get you places these days, just DJing um, because there's no, you kind of have to produce your own tracks. So people, want to come see you DJing. So I, I would say uh, try to do both things. And if you're more of a producer guy, also that comes out in the production. If you're more of a DJ uh, guy, you can also have that approach in the production. So have live, yeah. stuff, live stuff recorded. I think that's innovative way. If you are more into the DJing part of it, that could be a, a good approach. It's uh, funny. How you, sorry, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go. You go. I was done. It, it, it's funny how you say that though, because I actually just got done yesterday recording an episode with this girl who built a brand purely off 
um, DJing at first, but she did get lucky, but it was off uh-huh. of just DJing and playing at clubs and shows like that. And I know that there are people that are listening to this episode that just want to be DJs and that just want to jump up and down and please big crowds. And as you said, it is a lot harder to yes. do it, to, to go that way, especially now, because now that you're not just mixing vinyl, the technology is there for basically anyone that can just start. And, yeah, you know, if, if you want to just go that way, yeah, you have to. You got to be phenomenal. You got to be a phenomenal yeah. crowd and pleaser. You, you got to go the extra mile, you know. Get, yeah, you got to know the this, right people. Get that, that, unfortunately, yes. But also, like, be extraordinary. So, you know, if, if you're undeniably so good, but that means you can't just show up with your laptop. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, no. So you, but there's new tools now, so it's, it's all right. Okay, so it's, it's easier to, to beat match, but then you have all these other tools to sample, to sequence, and kind of live play samples that you sample from your record. So I, I would recommend, like, if, you, if you're just into DJing, get into the new samplers and, and effects and, and find what's, what's working with you and what, what steps up your DJ set. And I, I, and I know DJs, they, they always bring up that um, gear with them. And uh, at least you show people, oh, okay, this is, you know, the, the, the spotlight is on DJing. You're not just showing up with your USB. You're trying to do something a little bit um, more complex and, yeah. and more, more engaging. Definitely. And now that I mean, since we're on this topic, what are some of what are some of your favorite shows that you've played in the past? Uh, so many. I mean, it, it's always just like. It's usually when, when when you're really tired and you don't want to play and and then the show turns out great. But um, I don't know. Last last shows uh, one memorable one was with I did a back to back with Sage Armstrong at one of the Nocturnals, EDC, and. Uh, yeah, but I can't explain, you know, it, it's just when it clicks. Yeah, and, yeah. And for me, back-to-backs are difficult because, you know, now they're super, uh, you know, everywhere. It's always a back-to-back. But let's be honest, you know, back-to-back to be good, it's it, it's difficult because you don't know what the other guy is going to play and you can't really create a wave. So, but sometimes it you get a bit of magic, I guess, and... It just clicks, and you're playing something, and Sage was playing the perfect record after that, and so that that was a really good one because I was super happy. I'm like, oh wow, back this one of the best back to backs. Nice, nice. I've ever done. You know, and, what's, yeah. You know what's funny is when I first started going to you know music festivals and clubs and stuff like that. I thought back to back meant like this DJ goes and then that DJ plays. Not actually back to back mixing each other, which is kind of funny. All my yeah. friends are like, oh, oh, yeah, like freaking uh, bots coming on, and then it's Will Clark up next, back to back. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> well, that's that's I think what it technically means in English, I guess. I'm Italian, I don't know. Yeah, and like you know, when when once 
but yeah, it means one track each. Sometimes I like with some people you can do like let's do two, two tracks each, but that can even go even more wrong. Isn't but, that isn't that really hard though to keep beat matching off the other person's song back and forth and pleasing a crowd at the same time? Beat matching, no, because um, does not. Um, but it, it's more than beat matching. It's it's difficult to match the vibe because mm -hmm. it happens. You know, beat matching is something people should learn. And and I'm like going back to uh, the DJing thing. You know, don't don't use the sync. Just learn to beat match. It will take you a few months. It's it's frustrating, but uh, it's it's really useful and it can save your ass in many many times and um so yeah going back to that I, I would say like beat matching is not the difficult part in the back-to-back -back. the difficult part is to create a wave that makes sense you know you don't want if the other person goes aggressive you're not gonna go all you know melodic and spacey yeah you know, it's still a teamwork, so you you should be a team in that moment and view it as like we're a team now. We are, our output is one, even if we're two. You know, forget your artistry. Like focus. I think it's good to focus on on what the output and and that makes sense for people and it's linear in a way and it's not all over the place. You you should get with a back to back. You kind of have to roll your ego a little back i guess <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you mean i know exactly what you mean and that makes that makes complete sense to me and are you playing any um any, any shows tomorrow for fourth of july no no i'm um i'm staying home i have a friend from italy coming and uh yeah no okay gotcha and i mean and you said you're from italy right yeah i'm from italy Gotcha. I don't really understand, you know. I just well now I live here four years. Yeah. But yeah, I was uh, I was actually talking to the guy who linked us, Will Clark, right this morning, and he was just reminding me how last Fourth of July we played together here in LA, and um, yeah, I uh, the time goes by fast. I don't know. Will's a great guy. I've been talking to him a lot lately, just about our our companies and we've been going back and forth ever since he came on the podcast and he's a, he's a really cool guy. How'd you end up uh, meeting him first? Um, I, I think email, I think I was, I had a project with Riva star called Genghis clan and I think he hit him up in e on email and then, uh, we did a track together over email and then when Will came here in LA, he just, came to my place and we did other tracks and it's just like we share a passion for cooking and he's the nicest person i love that guy and he's very professional he's like you know i'm really happy if i know that i'm playing somewhere and he's around i'm like always really happy because it's it's just like i don't know it, i don't know i don't know He's close he's, to you. He's, yeah, he's like one of your close yeah, friends. Yeah, he's close. He's a grounded person. He's like a nice guy. He's, you know, no no industry bullshit. He's a solid human being. 
Um, so I think we bonded. And, and whenever we're in the studio, we don't even have a clue what we're doing. And, and we <laughs> start playing tracks we like to each other. And three hours later, we finish a track. Like every single time. Wow, in three hours? Yeah, you know, it's always like really fast. And then we all, you know, sometimes maybe it has to be finished the day after and that's something also. Yeah, yeah. Are you... Was, go ahead. Sorry? No, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. Go ahead. No, it happened maybe, you know, we, we started here and then he's like, kind of go back to Detroit and finish it. And, you know, two days later, it's, it's finished. Yeah. And um, but we, we try to have like, you know, the song kind of done in a session. Then, you know, you finish it, you make the breakdown better or some stuff like that. But uh, I think as a producer, you have a you get a feeling of the people who, who you are at ease with working with and the ones who are it. What, you know, I think there is no harm when, when you produce with a person and it's not working out to be like, yeah, it's not working out. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let's call it a day. There is no, you know. Some yeah, people yeah. Get I get exactly what you mean. And, and you're in, I mean, I've been looking at your stories and, and we've been texting back and forth and you've been in the studio a lot. Are you working on some uh, new music right now? Yeah, I, yesterday I was with uh, this guy called Nicky Nighttime. He's from Australia. And I've been meaning to work him for many, since I moved here pretty much, and we finally linked up. And I've been trying to experiment with people who can write songs and, and fuck them up. Sorry for the language. <laughs> no, go ahead. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. And... Uh, so that's really fun to me to try to do something really underground and obnoxious, not obnoxious, but like really harsh and maybe, you know, the beats are really uh, stripped down and, and, and hard and, and then try to put something soft on it, see what happens. Uh, so I'm experimenting with that. I have no idea where that thing will go, but we did two tracks yesterday, so that was good. But I always have people, you know, I, I like the thing about LA, you know, today Tony Quattro came here and I helped him with a song of his. I also like to help other people sometimes and it also gives you inspiration to work with other artists that are not exactly doing what you are. And uh, it's always interesting to learn new different techniques and, you know, you teach them, they teach you. and. It's, um, yeah, I, I like that about producing a lot. Yeah, and do you think, do you think you are always, because people have messaged me to talk about this topic as well, is, and now that we're talking about more about producing, do you ever find yourself hitting a point where you kind of hit a plateau and you're not progressing in your, in your productions and do you ever see yourself hitting that point and if you do if you if you do hit that point no. do you, you no you don't no that's not possible that's not possible by definition that's that's something people in people's heads it's it's impossible by definition you why is that 
there's no such thing as, as oh, I eat a plateau. What, what is it? I, I'm, I'm, I'm the best, you know, you can always improve, you can always find new stuff, new, new machines come out, new ways to develop, like, other, you know, ways to approach songs and process frequencies. I mean, it's, it's, it's never ending. If, if you have, if you have a true love and understanding for it, you should not trick yourself into being like, oh, I don't feel inspired. Oh, everything is the same. Now. <laughs> everything, everything is never the same. Yeah, there's no such thing as a plateau. And, you know, just, I don't know, read, read anything, any, any recent interview by, by Quincy Jones. You know, the, the man is 87 years, has done everything, and he's still excited about working on music. That's like, if you love music, that's the only way. Otherwise, it's 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 not that you hit a plateau. It's it's like it's you're either depressed, you're demotivated. I don't know what it is, but that's not it. You know, music is never ending. There is infinite possibilities. It's always evolving. There is no such thing. You know, it it's a personal thing. If you lost your your will or you know your excitement about it, that can happen. But you know, it's. I think it, it might be useful to know it's not because you hit a plateau or because you're not inspired. It's It might be something uh, that you're making up in your head. What are things that you do personally to continually progress, to stay motivated, and to stay inspired to keep producing new productions? Just keep going. You know, the if, if you have found that in your life you think, well, I think I like this thing called music, and I think you know it's it's making me happy. Even when it's not, you keep doing it. So uh, when I'm uninspired and I don't want to make music, and you know, and I feel like uh, maybe what the fuck did I do? You know, I should have you know finished college or something. <laughs> uh, I I just go and make music, and gotcha. after you know. Inevitably, usually after a few hours, you're like, "What was I thinking?" Something great, good happened. You know, just yeah, it's it's a bit. I think it's human nature. It's not just like about music or there's no like crazy hidden wisdom to it. It's just we're humans. We get demotivated and we think you know we want to blame something else. But at the end of the day, we we just if we chill out and you know get back to work we might find that we enjoy it yeah and we have new ideas yeah everyone it's has just about not dramatizing too much you know? yeah yeah everyone has those thoughts and everyone has those days where they just want to quit or they want to give up or they ask themselves like why am i doing this or that but yeah every, every human has bad thoughts so i mean it's you just got to get past it and you just got to keep motivated and know that this is what you want to do and yeah i think i think that's really true especially because except from a few few very lucky ones that got a break when they were very young and then you know it just kept happening but most had to go through that you know it's not happening and make it happen what are some of the toughest spots that you went through in your musical career my tough spots you said yeah yeah like some of your hardest times oh uh well paradoxically the first hard time was when i 
was having a lot of success with crookers and I hated it because for some reason I uh, I developed a really uh, incredible fear of flying <laughs> and I wanted to die every time I flied <laughs> and it, it was lit you know but then again it's it's I'm in that headspace I'm like this is terrible and you know, your friends bring you back and they're like, oh, oh, poor you, you know, you have to go DJ in the weekends and get drunk and uh, how terrible. And um, so, you know, just sucked it up. And like with me, you know, if you like the music, if you like the DJing, there, there are going to be things that are like really unpleasant and really want to make you quit. And uh, but just keep keep on going, you know. Even with the with the it was tough with the flights, and you know I just kept on going because you know it's making decent money, and you feel like you're a pouting child if you don't do that because you know you just kept on the plane, and you know, and uh, and eventually just stopped. I was one day after, you know, didn't take that long, six months, I guess. And then I just was not afraid of flying anymore. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of a funny story if you quit your musical career because you were scared of going on a freaking plane. <laughs> oh, I, there's people who definitely have, have. I'm not going to name names, but... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. At, le at least wreck their careers or, like, they could be double as big, but... It's, yeah. They just didn't want to fly to different countries back and forth and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess it's, yeah, it's kind of like fly as little as boss, take boats, does, stuff like that. Does traveling have a, does traveling a lot as a performer have an impact on you as a artist? Yeah. I feel the only traveling artists that could if you are really touring like crazy there's no way you can keep a decent output um and but you know it's a lot of these super DJs who are traveling you know it's it's a, it's a lot of cool collabing with some guy maybe you find in a city and then someone else finishes the track you know so it's not you know that's not the way i like to do things because i'm a bit like i, I just want the thing to be mine but i'm i can accept that too so i think if you when you start traveling a lot touring really hard your work you have to adjust the way you work because it will change and you will have to find a new way to work yeah, because you got to find time to produce on flights in a in a super uncomfortable setting and in hotel rooms and stuff like that. I'm sure that has a big impact on your creativity yeah. and your production abilities. Learn to do that, and if you want to be serious about that, you kind of got to have the party party time rolled back big time. Because if you're on the road 200 something days a year. I mean, that's not my case right now, but it was only a few years, to be honest. But, like, you have to be, like, wow. Okay, I toured 
two days off, you have to rent a studio somewhere, wherever you are, and mm-hmm. not not be a hangover zombie <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, for me, it takes the pleasure out of producing. But I mean, you can't have everything. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you've had those rough days where you woke up hungover as shit, and you just don't want to do anything. But you got to play a show, or you got to make some more music with someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's why I'm. If I can be of any advice. Uh, the, the 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 least partying you can do, the better. To be honest, I'm not saying. <laughs> good advice. Uh, good advice. Yeah, it's just like the least partying you can do, the longer you will be able to party, and most probably it will not affect you. Because otherwise, everybody always hits that fucking wall, and then it's either tragic. See Avicii or stuff like that, or it's just really detrimental for for your career. So, yeah, as as much as you know, you might you know see that oh DJ, you know, get drunk every time, and it's like no, it's not sustainable, and you should be um, at some point. It's you have to find that balance in, in being you know. Of course, you can be like an accountant super serious and it's just just my profession but you still it's still a, you're a profession and you should be professional and you know just find find the right balance to be you know in yeah the par- in the party mode like everyone else but you don't have to get as you know party party as hard as everyone else around you <laughs> yeah or, and <laughs> or even close for that matter you know just have a, a little bit of a good time and that goes a long way. It makes makes things way better. Keeps you in a proper state of mind. Yeah, it makes everything everything just better. You you happier. The music is better. It it's just um, I guess mental mental health corner here. Yeah, it just keeps your brain more, mm-hmm. more in, in a better place. And when it's in a decent place, it's. Uh, the results are usually always uh, better. You, you don't you don't need to uh, link with with the guy the most, you know. Yeah, yeah. And how much are you traveling currently? Uh, currently, not as much. Although last month was like I'm kind of traveling every weekend, but it's kind of like well, this weekend is off, then the the one after. But now I have like one, sometimes two gigs a weekend, so I'm keeping it like that. And but this fall, starting October, I think it will change. Mm-hmm. So I will um, get more on a gear. But I want it to be like there's no point in doing a lot of smaller shows. I'd rather be home and produce a lot. And now I have a lot of stuff coming out, so one that stuff is out I will work on the touring part more and try to get around as much as possible you got an EP or an album coming out or what yeah I got a I got a lot a few EPs you know one with um, Wongo just came out on Club Sweat it's a Australian label 
uh, one with Dateless, who is a guy based from San Diego, actually, Javier. And this is coming out on Food Music. I actually have two EPs with Dateless. One is coming out on Food Music, and one is coming out on Anabatic, which is uh, Worthy's label. And then I have one EP with Will Clark that's coming out on Solar Records, which is Solardo's label. And I have any, a track with Dances. I think that's coming out on his EP on Insomniac something. So a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff, to say the least. Yeah, I th- I, and I think I even have a single part. I co-produced part of one of the singles of Chaka Khan that should be out in a little bit. But that's more like, because I do also like other kinds of beats. But that's another. Gotcha, gotcha. And, um, sorry. What? <laughs> this is something that I wanted to ask since... I found out about you. How did you come with the... How did you end up with your DJ name Bot? Half human, half robot? Or Yeah, I mean, I really want to change that name, to be completely honest, when I split and, you know, I gave myself like six months, something, and I couldn't find a better name. Bot comes from my graffiti uh, years, so... That was my tag. I used to paint on, you know, sorry, walls, trains, and stuff like that. And we got over here. Then, yeah, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily, it's, it's so long ago. I think I'm good. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was it. You know, my my friends call me bot since I'm 14, and. I don't know. I just tried to find another name, but it just didn't feel real. So I just went for bot, and uh, because it was just my graffiti name since forever. And uh, although it it's, it doesn't make things very easy on the internet or you know marketing wise, but it's just like that's me. I literally my friends call me bot. That's why. And you said that you want to change that name. I tried to change it because I was thinking marketing. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, I came out with these like clever names that meant nothing to me. So I was, I just kept bot. Gotcha. What's the bot 106 stand for? The 106 came, well, comes in handy with the social because that's the only. True. Because I, I own all the bot 106, but it was also because I wasn't to graffiti and I was a big fan of New York graffitis especially early 80s New York graffitis, late 70s, more late 70s. So the graffiti guys used to put the name of their building, the number of their building on after their tag. So it was like Taki 186, something like that. And uh, in Italy, our roads are shorter than in New York. So my building number was six. So I just... I just wanted a, a name that looked like a New York graffiti name. And so I did 10 is my the zone of Milan I'm born in, and 6 is my building number. Okay, that's pretty interesting. All right. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure 99% of people didn't know that about you. Yeah, no. It's a, <laughs> it's a very obscure graffiti thing that no, from the seven, late 70s, really. Cool. But I was, I was a fan of that stuff and 
uh, I always wanted to add three le- numbers after my name. Yeah, so, that's cool. So that's to, cool. To make it real, I just made up my own way. So it's like zone ten and building number six. <laughs> if you could go back in time, what would your uh, what would your DJ name be? And um, uh, your your second choice. Uh, switch. Switch. Yeah, I'll get his name before he gets it. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool name. It's cool name. It's cool name. I like that name. Gotcha. And I had <clears throat> just one more topic I wanted to cover with you personally is since you are very big into your productions and your and you seem as though that's like the number one thing that you want to focus in your career. Am I correct? Is your productions? Yeah. Right? You care about that a lot more than but- just playing shows, right? Well, now, now I'm actually at a point where I'm loving playing shows again. I, I like to play house music for many long hours. And luckily, it's kind of coming back. So now I'm, I'm actually in love again with both. Okay. But yeah, pr- production is, is the most fun for me. But I'm actually I'm loving DJing again. And because I'm again playing my favorite tunes without thinking uh, what people what what people might like, I just like just play my you're favorite. Just go with it. Yeah, you're just going what you like. I just, just go you. with the like, yeah. and it's a period that luckily people like house music. I don't know, but I can do that, and it goes off. So I, I'm I'm very in love with DJing right now, actually. So you say the word now a lot. Was there a time where you didn't enjoy it as much then? Uh, well, yeah, because it, it was when, when the whole, when I did my previous duo with Crookers, it was like really exciting. And uh, then the whole scene kind of went, cause for me, I, I, I was coming from deep house and for me it was just like influenced by switch. Like, Oh, okay. You can do deep house, but put hip hop elements and make the tracks a bit stuff is happening more uh, than, than, you know, before it was 12-minute tracks and the club comes in at three minutes, stuff like that. So I enjoyed that. And uh, and then all, all of a sudden, the place where we were booked and the whole scene became very, very hard. And it became what EDM was. And, uh, and yeah, but that, without noticing, I found myself, thinking about oh what should i play oh this will make the people go nuts and and next thing you know that's all you're thinking what what will people what will make people go nuts and i find it very refreshing that now i'm like i don't care <laughs> and i feel like that's the better way to approach it cuz i feel like if you're constantly yeah do do you be more honest you know do your thing do the best that you can do if people don't like it then oh, fuck them. Wow. No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> they don't yeah, like it, fuck them. In a way, in a way. If yeah. they don't like them, well, you didn't connect. It's either not the right thing, but you know, but at least you were yourself and you didn't try. Exactly. And you can't freaking connect with everyone in the world, you know? There's No. Exactly. No. Yeah, you, you can't not everyone likes house music, not everyone likes techno, not everyone likes trap, not everyone likes rap. It's just different kinds of genres that people like. It's all personal preference. It, it is true, and at the end of the day, your your attitude might even win 
to your side the people that actually don't like your music because at least you know i think people appreciate an honest artist always and if you're excited you kind of can't see when the dj is excited about playing a track i think and i feel that that translates to the crowd and it's it's always like that's that's why i'm in love with djing again i think because i'm kind of like oh yes i want to oh now i can play this track you know like <laughs> i really like this you know that yeah. kind of thing like when you're playing for yourself in your bedroom when you start djing i love that topic for sure like, whatever <laughs> and then if, if you can't do that but you're in front of a crowd and you know it, it's a bit magic and uh yeah i think that's that's why you want to start DJing, and then when you, when it becomes a professional thing, you it goes in a bit in in the background because of so many other things, you know, money and people and management and promoters and so many other people's involved. So you kind of forget. It's not even that you become you know soulless or something. It's just all of a sudden you you forget that. The important thing is you playing your favorite songs. Yeah, it always comes down to what you started with, your core values when you first started producing and playing music. But a lot of things can definitely get in the way to that. Your fame and yeah, yeah, they can just you know sidetrack you and just make you less focused at the end of the day. Uh-huh. Even if even if you think you're doing it because you're like being so smart and business savvy, I don't think. At the end of the day, it is. You kind of just, you know, not focusing enough on, on the art, and you're you're shifting the focus on the, on on selling, more than, you know, what. More than the po- art itself. Yeah, pushing the envelope of your art, and that might have not as immediate of results as pushing the marketing business side, but. I feel that if you keep pushing and it eventually it might have did you ever way way better results did you ever think that when you first started producing music that it would ever get you this far no no i would i would have like my goal was to print the vinyl I wanted a thing there's my name on it I'm like when, once you do that I made it like that's like that's making it <laughs> back then for old old Andrea old Andrea that's what it was oh yeah 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 young Andrea I mean I mean what what I consider making it right now and I actually truly believe that is surviving with what you do so if you're an artist of any kind and you can afford not to have a second job you're a successful artist mm-hmm. that's that's success for an artist for me. And it's very rare, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a hard thing to do for sure. It's not an easy road, and but it's no. all rewarding. It's very rewarding because if you're living with your passion and you're surviving off your passion, then you know you've made it. You're there. Yeah, it's it's never easy, but at least you're doing what you like, and there is always the the not the lucky ones. Also, there's the super talented ones that make you know. A lot of money and then you live very comfortable but like that's really rare so the norm of artists who are trying just 
make their art because they're feeling it. I think um, you you it's better and more realistic if you think of success in art in terms of not having a mansion in Beverly Hills, but of <laughs> like being able if you're able to pay your bills and rent and have a you know car or something, you're pretty successful. A roof over your head. Living good living conditions or somewhat living yeah. conditions. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know some people beat themselves up when they have that because they don't have the mansion. So it's like, man, you're still living the dream, you know. You, it. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I, I was, I was waiting. I didn't want to interrupt you because I thought you had something to say. Yeah, I'm like, I was. I think I'm just <laughs> just blabbing, just talking bullshit out of your fucking mouth. Just edit the fuck out of. <laughs> Um, hey, so bot, um, or what do you want me to call you, Andre or bot? It's the same. All right. All right. Cool. I, I still want to, all right, bot. So I really want to thank you for joining me today. And, um, I just want to leave everyone off with one thing is if you could give one tip for an aspiring producer or DJ or someone that wants to make it in the music industry, what's the one phrase you would tell them or the one tip? Uh, inspiration has to find you working. Inspiration has to find you working. Okay. Yeah. That's not me. That's Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate a little bit on that. Elaborate just a little bit. That's what I was saying before. It's like, even if you're not feeling it, you work. And after, you know, go, go to work, at least something happens and it's, inspiration it literally is that once you're working and you're uninspired and maybe you're hangover you're tired or something and then all of a sudden bam you have an idea and and you think to yourself how crazy would i have been if i had decided to just write today off it just you know go to your desk and there's there's always work. a chance the ma the magic happens. Yep. All right, that was great. I love that. Uh, I love it. Hey, bot. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Have a great rest of your night, and I hope you enjoy your Fourth of July, man. It was great talking to you. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it as well. All right, have later. a good one. You too, John. Cheers. Bye. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope it was a good listen, and I really hope it was worth your time because bot definitely gave some great value that many of you probably didn't know about before this episode. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Electronic Apparel Company. Be sure to check out our website at electronicapparelco.com. And before you leave, be sure to check the description for some very important information about Bot. And if you want to get started as a DJ, be sure to check out our links as well. And we'll see you next time on The Electronic Atmosphere. My name is Jason. I'm your host. And have a great rest of your day.